be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jim Nelson. Uh, He is the editor of the Lifetime Income Report, uh, published by Agora Financial, and we'll be speaking about uh, how to earn income in uh, today's segment. Welcome to the show, Jim. Thanks for having me. Let's just start with a little bit of your background and uh, uh, what you've done to get to where you are uh, running Lifetime Income Report. Uh, All right. Well, I went to uh, uh, University of Pittsburgh uh, for poli-sci, actually. Uh, Politics, I think, are uh, uber important with anything, uh, economy or how, you know, how the world works. I think that's the key, and it's my most passionate subject. But uh, from there, I came to Agora. Uh, and studied under uh, some of the uh, value investors we have here. Um, I spent years working on uh, small cap investing, uh, value investing on the small cap end. And uh, <clears throat> just one day, uh, not one day, over time, I just developed uh, you know, a, 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 an understanding that you know, trying to time the market and, and pick just uh, capital gains type plays wasn't cutting it. So I really got into income investing, dividends, uh, some longer-term, uh, larger-cap value plays, um, and uh, you know, with uh, with uh, Social Security the way it is and retirement the way it is, I, I feel like there's a strong need for uh, for income these days more than ever. So, Just give us a, a rough idea of what kind of uh, when did you actually start doing the letter and what kind of record have you had. Uh, just in general terms, uh, since you uh, took over the letter. Uh, well, I launched it in February 2009. Uh, it was about six or nine months of preparation before then. And so far, my record's been pretty good. Obviously, that was a good time to start any kind of letter. But uh, <laughs> uh, I've had a, a number of uh, solid gains. Uh, as of last week, I think it was, every single one of my open positions was in the positive territory. Uh, that might be down since the market's been down, but uh, uh, I've had pretty good success. Um, at a uh, 100% winner, I took half of the position on not too long ago um, on a Brazilian play. Uh, I currently have a 137% uh, up play right now, 100% up, a couple others. So I've had pretty good success. Um, certainly helps uh, to enter the market when we did. Fantastic. All right, we're going to get into your, your picking technique a little bit, but let's kind of start with the overall uh, in, uh, income investing environment today. Uh, people are very uh, unhappy getting uh, 0% yields, basically, on yeah. treasury bills and money market funds and CDs and you know, very, very low yields on so-called safe uh, products. Um, so what does that 
uh, doing to, to the psyche of income investors? Are they now open to other opportunities because they're so unhappy, or are they scared staying where they are? Kind of give me a sense of the psyche of the income investor today. Yeah, I think I think uh, it's it's been a, a big turnaround just the past couple years uh, since the downturn started. I think people were were happy with you know conservative, lower paying uh, you know treasuries and and whatnot uh, to 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 just uh, put their money in and forget about it. But seeing seeing how they can't really do that anymore and they have to be a little bit more active, I think I think they're looking at some some opportunities outside of where they normally would in you know, triple uh, A bonds and, and things. I think people are starting to look at equities a little bit more. Um, and certainly the people that need to catch up uh, on their income uh, since 401ks crashed and, and pensions are almost all gone now. Uh, I think I think people are really looking at, at stocks and some, some more growth, but uh, conservative large cap plays. Um, so do you recommend only... Uh, stocks and equity vehicles that have high income, or do you recommend some bonds as well? Uh, well, for for lifetime income report, I, I typically stick with equities. I do have one uh, exchange traded bond in there. Um, it was a unique situation, but I uh, I went with it because it was such a stable payer, in investment grade, but it was paying six percent. So. I took that, um, but yeah, mostly equities for that letter. I have uh, done a lot more research on uh, another product that I'm ho- I'm developing right now. Hopefully, that'll include a lot of bonds and and some more aggressive strategies for for more income. But mostly equities, and I I, I do the whole range from from low paying uh, blue chips three uh, percent to you know. I have uh, you know eight uh, percent international plays, so I think I think if you spread it out, you can get higher income, but still keep some of your your money very conservatively. I think you need the whole the whole gambit. What are some of the uh, pros and cons in today's market of doing stocks versus bonds? Uh, the way you see the outlook for interest rates and where we are in the economy. Well, I don't think at any time you can just do one or the other. I think you do have to diversify. I mean, income investing is, by definition, conservative, and you should take that approach to every level, uh, including asset allocation. But I do think that uh, equity uh, income does give you some, some opportunities that the bonds don't. Uh, the, the most important that I've noticed uh, since running this uh, letter is, the, the dividend appreciation when uh, companies can hike dividends, but bond uh, bonds can't raise their coupons, uh, you know, unless they're they're tied to something, and, and those moves aren't aren't permanent or consistent. But equity pairs, some some like Procter and Gamble, I've had for a while, but Procter and Gamble is is one of the most consistent pairs, uh, you know, 80 years or so of of dividend growth. I think that's that's the key difference. So tell me about the power of rising dividends over time and what that can do for you as an investor, as an income investor, compared to what you would do with a bond that, as you said, can't raise its uh, coupon. Right. right. Well, I, I, you know, for income investors, the, the most important bottom line number to look at is uh, compounding your interest, compounding your income. Uh, and there's no better way than than getting a stock, reinvesting your dividends in it, and having that company pay more and more every year. 
it's exponential. It, it just it makes all the difference. And a bond can't really do that. You know, you're not going to get that. And so maybe just give me an example of a. You mentioned Procter and Gamble. You know mm. how a company that raises dividend over time. You know how that could add up. Just give me a, a sense of the multiplier effect there. Well, uh, you know, if you if you have, uh, make me do math. <laughs> uh, if you have if you have a you know a a ten dollar company paying uh, a five percent yield, uh, fifty cents on uh, on the shares, if if it raises that to to seventy five cent uh, in a couple years or a dollar a couple years later. You got in when it was just five percent yield, and the yield pretty much rises with the stock, so uh, or the dividend does. So the yield stays, but so new new people can't get in. But the longer you stay in, it multiplies. Your your shares are no longer just yielding five percent; they're yielding uh, ten or fifteen percent uh, based on your your entry price. Mm-hmm. And that, that compounded uh, makes all the world of difference. So particularly in today's environment where uh, people are worried about inflation and gasoline and food and taxes and health care and other prices going up, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of a difference can it make in people's purchasing power to have uh, stocks that appreciate and raise their dividends compared to bonds that are at very low yields? Yeah, that's, that's huge. The, uh, the inflation argument for income investing is, it just, just makes sense. Um, we're seeing we're seeing unprecedented prices and commodities. They're all up, and they don't really look like they're slowing down too much. Uh, they may slow down a little bit, but you know we just had a, a ridiculous month uh, numbers of inflation rate highest. They've they've more than tripled since last June. Uh, so inflation is a huge deal, and to have uh, an investment pay you uh, even even on on par with inflation is important, but as they grow their dividends, uh, it keeps up and in many cases passes uh, inflation. So, so you're, you're more than just beating the inflation mark. You're, you're actually growing above and beyond that. And that's, and go, that's something a lot forward, of other investments can't do. Go, going forward, do you see inflation uh, becoming more of a problem under the current circumstances or, or less of one? Absolutely. I think, I think long-term, in the next uh, 18, 24 months, we're going to see some, some, some really high inflation uh, rates. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it's not a, a, a general trend. Hopefully we can correct this, but especially with uh, QE2 uh, and the, uh, the massive amount of dollars being printed, we're seeing that happen right now, and there's no reason to, see, to, to think that that would come down anytime soon. Is this happening worldwide as well as the United States? Oh, absolutely. I, I follow Brazil pretty closely, and a number of other uh, emerging markets. And Brazil has already raised, I saw it the other day, three times their interest target rate uh, because inflation is just getting out of control there. I'm looking at Argentina, and we know that one's been out of control. It's, it's over 25% right now. So we're seeing that a lot of other places. And Europe uh, is dealing with that. Uh, we, we saw their, their benchmark uh, target uh, rate go up, uh, and Britain too. So, yeah, it's, it's across the board. So for, for an investor that is scared by the current environment, you know, they see all kinds of scary things out there. We won't go through a whole long list of them. And as a result, they're keeping their money in 
FDIC-insured vehicles, treasury bills, you know, so-called safe things. Sure. Uh, what kind of risk are they taking they may not be perceiving uh, in this kind of uh, inflationary environment you're seeing? Well, I mean, it's just a simple matter of most of the yields they're receiving in those ultra-conservative uh, areas, they just are not keeping up with inflation. So the buying power is is going down, even though they may be making a uh, you know, a return, it's not a real return. Most most of those vehicles uh, are showing negative returns after inflation, and so they're they're by being conservative, uh, which is fine. Uh, but right now, it's it's you really can't. You have to take a, a little more risk with this market. Yeah, that just seems to be there are trillions of dollars in money market funds and CDs and so on. Just people so. Worry, they don't know yeah. what to do. <laughs> they don't oh, realize the impact of uh, losing the purchasing power uh, by keeping it so-called safe. I know, I know. I mean, if you look at any any asset uh, chart, uh, be it equity or fixed income or commodities, uh, in the past three or four years, you'd be scared to get into any of those markets. Those those spikes are just enormous. So I, I understand the the need for a conservative, but. Uh, it's really that's that's the wrong time. That was the wrong time to 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 keep 100% allocated and and under two or three percent paying uh, returns. Okay, great. Okay, we're going to take a break, um, okay. and I'm going to come back. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this hour is Jim Nelson. He is the editor of the Lifetime Income Report, and we'll be talking more about earning high yields and making your money grow after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. If you lead a team of any kind, you need to listen to this show. Tune in to Leading with Emotional Intelligence, hosted by Esther Orioli. Esther provides you with the tools and techniques you need to harness the power of EQ to stop setting goals and start changing behaviors in your organization. Get the latest concepts in EQ from a top-of-the-house perspective and have your questions answered on air. Leading with Emotional Intelligence is broadcast live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter L. Mosca provides those of you eager to invest well in real estate with the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus is to help you maximize your real estate investment dollars. Listen live to the brightest minds in investment real estate every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter L. Mosca, where America learns to invest. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jim Nelson. He is the editor of the Lifetime Income Report. Welcome back to the show, Jim. Thanks. Uh, why don't you give people information on how they can find out more about uh, your letter and uh, a website to, to find out a little bit more about it? Uh, sure. Um, if they go to uh, newsroom.agorafinancial.com, uh, uh, they can get my bio and, and what my company puts out there, their media page. Uh, the bios are on the right side, uh, about halfway down. There are Agora Financial Editor bios. And then uh, if they go back to the, uh, the home page, which they can click on from there, um, they, can, they can get all the information uh, they need about my product on the right-hand side um, under uh, cap, uh, Crisis and Opportunity section, and it's, it's listed right there, Lifetime Income Report. Very good. Okay. All right. So let's talk about some of the overall categories uh, that you like and why you like them, and then maybe you know give us a name or two within those categories. One category uh, that you've been favoring is so-called MLPs, or Master Limited Partnerships. Maybe right. describe overall how those work and what you like about them, and then uh, one or two of your favorites in that area. Uh, MLPs are, uh, are, are a different kind of equity investment. It's, uh, they're set up as limited partnerships. Um, and what that does is it creates a special tax uh, benefit for investors because you're, you're not buying into shares and the dividend isn't going to shareholders. You're actually part owner in the company, part uh, you know, partner in the company. So the, the organization itself isn't taxed. Uh, instead, the taxes, uh, you, you still have to pay on the distributions you get from those companies, but it's only a one-time tax instead of being taxed on dividends that were taxed uh, when, when they were income. Uh, it just gives you a little extra perk. Uh, I, I prefer uh, oil and gas and, and petrochemical uh, pipeline uh, MLPs just because they're some of the most conservative and, and solid-performing and predictable uh, as far as income goes, uh, plays. Um, one I've had for a while, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it here uh, because it's above my buy-up-to price, is uh, Enterprise Product Partners, mm-hmm. um, EPD is the ticker. Uh, I, I've seen that thing absolutely take off. Uh, I bought it at 23 bucks. It's right now at uh, 41 and a half, um, and it pays... It pays, a, I believe, a 6% right now. I'm not sure. We got in. When we got in, we, we got in for uh, so low that we actually are on cost. We, we get 10% a year, wow. which is unheard of. And that's, that's with the tax benefit on top of that. So. And they've, they've raised their dividend a lot, too, right? Oh, yeah, every quarter. Oh. Uh-huh. Yep. There's probably not a lot of stocks out there that raise their dividend every quarter. No, that's pretty rare. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, so uh, enterprise products. What are some other MLPs that uh, you've been liking? Well, uh, one of the other ones uh, that I recommended, uh, I still have, still uh, think highly of it, is Kinder Morgan. Uh, you know, Enterprise and Kinder are kind of like the, the the big brothers in the industry. They they pretty much control 
ninety uh, percent of the pipelines in this country and even in Canada. They're they're huge, massive MLPs, and they're both really consistent. Um, I have another that I'm gonna have to save for my readers, but uh, it's one of a, a faster growing one. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just wanna I just wanna point out with this MLP uh, idea is that many many people have been saying that that they've risen too fast over the past couple of years because as a sector they've gone up uh, you know over a hundred percent. And so, uh, since the bottom of the market, and so I, I think that that may be true, and they're cooling off a bit. Uh, the the income that they pay make them a stable uh, play for for long term. So if you're trying to go in and time the market and collect one or two, uh, you know, distributions, they're probably not the right play for you because we just don't know uh, when they're gonna when they're gonna peak here. But but long term, they they have years of growth ahead of them. So so for longer-term investors, I, I do like MLPs. There's been some talk of potentially threatening uh, their tax-favored status. Uh, they're kind of mm-hmm. like REITs, I guess. They don't pay tax at the corporate level, as you mentioned. <clears throat> it, yep. Is that uh, a possibility, you think? And is that a threat to these MLPs? It's certainly a concern. It is. Um, and if that happens, we would see some sell-off. But... Uh, just because uh, of the taxes, if, if they, they do enter into double taxation like most, most other corporations, um, the, the income that they receive and, and the consistency of the, uh, the revenues that they, they enjoy are, uh, will far outpace the, the negative impacts of that. And at, you know, like I said, 10% yield on cost, if it gets taxed a little bit, that's okay. What it'll pay eight? I'll take eight any day. So these are not really moving on oil and gas prices as much on contracts for distribution. Is that right? Because people might say, "Oh, it's an oil and gas pipeline." So if oil prices went down, they'd get hurt. Is that correct? Uh, They are completely untied to commodities, other than uh, if if commodities, if oil and gas really shot up. I mean, really shot up, and people stop using it, which I just can't see happening in the short term or even long term, uh, that could affect them. But high prices now, it, it doesn't matter. The, the, they, don't, they don't pay for the oil or the gas, uh, and they don't receive anything from selling it. They, <clears throat> they're just the transfer uh, company. They're like a toll booth. It doesn't matter if oil and gas goes up on the highway. The toll booth will still collect that fee for letting cars through. It's the same thing with pipelines. What are some of the warning signs? Because there are a lot of MLPs out there, and you've given us some of the high-quality ones. Mm-hmm. What are some warning signs of MLPs that you might not like or some reasons why specific ones would uh, you know, have some downside to them? Well, with any, any uh, consistent dividend payer, uh, the main concern is, is uh, a dividend peaking, or you, you see them... them uh, cut a dividend, they don't even have to necessarily cut it. If they just flatten out their dividend payment, that gives me cause uh, of concern because these things should be continuing to grow. Uh, and so that's the main concern. If you see something uh, like that happen, or if prices rise so much, stock prices rise so much on one, and, and you know a, a typical 6 or 7% payer ends up paying only uh, 3 or 4% because of the share price appreciation, uh, that might that might signal a, a top or a near term top in, in in prices. 
And how about leverage? Do some of them take on more debt than others? Is that a warning sign? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think I, I, I try to, to peak my, my leverage ratios. And for MLPs, the, the most typical one is EBITDA uh, over uh, debt, total debt. Um, and if that, that goes above uh, three and a half to four is really pushing it. If it goes over that, if they're more leveraged than that, then, then you start uh, you start having some, some worries. And they probably will have to pay down that debt and slice their dividend. So as far as income, that's a concern. But in the long run, you think this is one of the safer places to get high yields? At, in the at long, long term. I'm talking 24 or 36 months. These are, these are long-term plays. And they're, they're high-quality and high-yielding uh, plays. So, yeah, for, for some of the uh, person's portfolio, I, I definitely recommend these. And how about exchange-traded funds? There are some ETFs that have a diversified portfolio of uh, MLPs as an index. So do you think that's a good way to go? Um, I, I, I've read very positive things and some, some pretty negative things about the ETF side of this, uh, this sector. Uh, and I, I'd have to do some more research into this one, but a recent one was, was launched. I don't know if I could get you the ticker here. But the Alarian, Alarian fund? Yeah, the Alarian index fund. Alarian, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, uh, that tracks the, the major index uh, of, of MLPs. And so that, there might be something there, um, but I'd have to look into that further. I'm not uh-huh. recommending an ETF right now. Okay, good. Uh, you had mentioned earlier in the show there was one particular ETF, a bond uh, ETF. What was that one, and why did you like it? Well, it's, it's not, uh, not the ETF. It's actually an exchange-traded bond, it's, so it's a single play. It's not diversified like, a, mm-hmm. like an ETF typically would be. But what, what's so interesting about that is it's, it's so rare for a company to actually list on a regular exchange like the NYSE uh, part of their debt. Uh, it's so strange and rare. But when it happens, it creates uh, tremendous opportunities. It gives a whole bunch of new investors access to a product. And and the one I have, and I can give it because it's actually uh, becoming callable here in the next year, Um, so it may be wearing out its time, but it's uh, Westar Energy 6.1% bonds, and they have a regular stock ticker like any other uh, stock, and it's WRS. So it's like you're buying a bond as a stock, in effect. Right, and do. instead of paying $1,000 for you know, a bond like most people would, and, and you'd have to even, in many cases, pay for five or ten uh, notes at a time to get into a bond position, typically. So you're talking five or $10,000. With this, it has a par value of 25 bucks. So it, it, it creates a great opportunity for, for people with not a lot of money but want, want the, uh, some individual bond uh, payers, it gives opportunities like that, and I'm looking for more of those coming forward. Are there others out there? I mean, maybe you haven't. But is this I've seen others, a- but uh, I haven't seen anything of interest. The biggest problem with these are, even though they're on major exchanges, um, they're so uh, hidden. People don't know about them, um, and the quoting services don't do them justice. They don't really explain what they are, um, so most people just overlook them. Volumes, uh, share volumes are so low on these that it's it's hard to actually get in and out of positions. The, this Westar bond is uh, is is fine. It, it's got plenty of volume, but some of the other ones I've seen, uh, and I don't have them on top of my head, 
they, they've just been far too low for me to, to recommend to other people. But it is a more liquid way, as you say, without having to put as much money in uh, to a, a bond like that. Absolutely. It's still way more liquid. Are these called exchange-traded bonds? Is that basically what they're called? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what they're called. Uh-huh. Very good. Okay. All right. We're going to go to a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman with The Money Answer Show. My uh, guest this hour is Jim Nelson. He's the editor of the Lifetime Income Report. Uh, you can find out more about it at agorafinancial.com and follow the uh, instructions he gave before. Uh, it's a newsletter all about ways of earning uh, pretty high income in this uh, kind of environment today. We'll be back after this. markets up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. When you are trying to establish your financial plan, there are all sorts of variables that you'll need to take into consideration, from the ever-changing economy and markets to investment risk and your own financial needs. How do you manage all of it to find a plan that will work for you? Tune in to The Insightful Investor with Bob Pugh. We'll help you iron it all out to help you stick to a financial plan with the knowledge that you need. The Insightful Investor is broadcast live Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jim Nelson. He is the editor of the Lifetime Income Report, uh, published by Agora Financial. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Jim. Uh, Thanks, Jordan. Another area that you like is uh, energy directly. Now, not the MLPs we talked about, but companies that produce uh, oil and natural gas. Uh, Generically, what do you like uh, about those kind of companies as an income play? Well, it's actually fairly tough to find consistent payers on the production side because, as we've seen, prices go from $147 a barrel to $35 a barrel, back up to $100 a barrel. It's, it's tough sometimes to find uh, consistent income payers on that because 
their income uh, fluctuates so much. But there are certain plays that are, are diversified enough in both natural gas and oil and in various regions the, around the world. Some of the larger payers, uh, uh, producers uh, do offer some, some great income opportunities. Um, but more than that, I actually like uh, natural gas uh, uh, producers and and utility companies, uh, the, the companies that that actually uh, buy it from the producers and take it to the next step and generate electricity um, and distribute it. I, I think that's the perfect play on natural gas, which is clearly still cheap, but it has nowhere to go but up. But if you're a utility, right. you're buying natural gas and oil. You are. Uh, are they are they able to pass it on? I mean, if oil's gone from 70 to 100, and you think it's going to go higher, right. it seems to me that would be negative for utility. It, it is, as, as long as they are, uh, if they're locked into uh, rates. But in a number of places, uh, we're seeing some, some uh, rate increases, uh, you know, uh, government uh, rate increases. Uh, Brazil has done okay at that. Um, they've certainly kept up. They just uh, re-regulated the industry a little bit, changed it up a little bit. But it hasn't really hurt uh, my plays in that, that country. But, I mean, even in the States here, uh, I've, I've read on a number of uh, rate increases in, in, in the South, in Texas. I have a company in, uh, based out of Atlanta. And for the first time in, in almost a decade and a half, they, they raised rates significantly. And it's really gave a huge boost to that company. So we're seeing rates go up, uh, rate, rate hikes across the board in many, many places. And that, that keeps up with the, the rising uh, costs that these utilities have. So what would be an example or two of some domestic utilities that are meeting the criteria you just talked about? Uh, well, probably my oldest company. This is one of the first, very first ones I, I ever uh, recommended to Lifetime Income Report was uh, Piedmont Natural Gas. They do business in both of the Carolinas and Tennessee, mm-hmm. and they're they're straight utility play in the natural gas field, and they they transmit and distribute it uh, in a number of areas uh, in those states, and they've seen uh, significant rises in new customers and uh, uh, businesses coming back online uh, that they're they're hooking up and supplying, and they've they've actually done really well even throughout this recession. Um, even with a, a drop-off in industrial and commercial uh, demand. Um, and what they do uh, so great is they really schedule it out, and they, they, they smooth over the rough times uh, with, with a strong balance sheet and, uh, and customer uh, uh, operations uh, to, to really really help their customers pay when, you know, times are tough, uh, you know, help them out. And, and that, that makes all the difference. That keeps long-term customer appreciation and has helped that company particularly. So they benefit from uh, cheap natural gas prices as well? well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of people, because of the cheap natural gas prices, first of all, we're seeing uh, a huge increase uh, in uh, gas-fired plants to take over from some of the dirtier coal-fired plants uh, and that's that's going to be a huge boost going forward. That's a longer-term trend. But right now we're seeing a lot of people switch from heating oil to natural gas to heat their homes. 
uh, especially in the New England area, but even even in the South, even in, in some of these other uh, regions, we're seeing uh, more and more people make that switch because you know four dollar natural gas is just it's too good to be true. Yeah, yeah. So this is a beneficiary of that, and they mm-hmm. raise their dividend over time as well. Is that right? Yep, yep. They they increase it uh, once a year. Uh, they've been consistent with that. They just did uh, the first quarter, I believe. Um, and I am yielding, I believe, four percent on cost. Um, but you can get in. Oh, I'm uh, four and a half. But you can get in right now at today's yield uh, at three point nine percent. So it's still a pretty good payer. And you anticipate the dividend to continue to go up once a year going forward? Oh yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> that's actually a pretty funny company. I, I listen to all the the conference calls and all the investor presentations of all these companies, but Piedmont is is by far my favorite to listen to because it's always like 20 minutes short and they're like, yep, we're doing great. We're making money. We're seeing growth across the field and we'll be doing that for a while. No questions? Okay, great. (laughs) And then how about on the international front? Uh, You've seen some companies, I guess, in Brazil and Mm -hmm. uh, other places, uh, again, in the energy field. What what is attractive about those? Uh, Well, uh, emerging markets, especially South uh, America, uh, that's that's just been a general focus of this letter because there's the, there's great income payers down there, but in this particular uh, industry in uh, natural gas and electricity uh, generation, um, the utility companies that that do that are making money hand over fist. Uh, one company I've had, and this was my uh, my big gainer in the portfolio. It's still in there, but uh, it's well above my buy up to is uh, CPFL Energia. Um, and that play every quarter, every you know half year, uh, it seems like they're just they're growing double digit rates, and and it doesn't matter what uh, what kind of accounting standards change, which did happen recently, doesn't seem to affect them at all. They're they're still making money hand over fist because of the growing populations of uh, middle class uh, people in in Brazil. They handle some of the cities where where they're seeing some of the the best uh, middle class growth. Um, so they're adding they're, new they're customers really, and be able to raise rates, is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. And and Brazilian the Brazilian local authorities have been pretty generous uh, with that uh, with the rates, uh, surprisingly. Um, so it's really helped them. Uh-huh. I see that going forward. And there's one other Brazilian company you like as well. Yeah, and this and yeah, yeah. Uh, it's CMIG. I'm not going to try to pronounce their long version of their name, but CMIG uh, ticker CIG. Mm-hmm. I've had them for quite a while, and uh, and I'm up. Uh, looks like I'm up 47% on that play. Um, it's it's been as steady as ever. It's even more steady than CPFL. Um, so, they do the exact same thing. So going forward, do you see that that's going to be a, an emphasis for you as more overseas uh, energy and utility companies? I do, I do. One of the the biggest questions I get from readers are, how can we get out of the dollar? What's the best way to do that? And surprisingly, it's as simple as just uh, understanding how uh, ADRs work, American Depository Receipts. You can you can get involved in companies like this. These are ADRs. These are not typical stocks, but they they trade just like stocks. They represent real shares on the local exchanges, um, and it. It diversifies you outside of the dollar because the income that you're eventually getting through the distributions comes from a different currency and a different market. So that's one way to do it. And I certainly see more growth in, in a lot of these South American, Asian 
economies than I do here. Yes. And how about the telecommunications field? Is that something you found some uh, growers as well? I do. That's that's a that's a really uh, difficult field to to really lump in all together. It's it's really on the the local market and seeing what companies control what market share in what products. You know, it's not as simple as just picking a tele a telecom play in Indonesia, which I have, but it's about getting one that has uh, a large market shares in broadband users, uh, as well as uh, mobile phone users, because those are the key growth markets in a lot of these emerging markets. Mm-hmm. So, again, you, you have one in Indonesia, and there are other mm-hmm. ones around the world you think are potentially good as well? I've looked at a number uh, a number around the world. Um, in the, the Indonesian one is by far my favorite. Uh, it, it offers a, an enormous market share. Um, it's growing every year. Uh, consistently, and Indonesia, it's the fourth largest population in the world, yet nobody talks about it. It's, it's such an emerging emerging market, so much more than, than Brazil, which is actually on all investors' tongues right now. I like, I like that area a lot. Uh-huh. You, you also recommend various companies that are kind of thinly traded on the pink sheets, it seems, occasionally. Why do you, certain do. special situations you think are worth doing that? Is that... Okay, or is that too risky for most people? I, I think it's okay. If, if you look at uh, all my pink sheet uh, recommendations, these are companies, these are ADRs as well. These are companies that trade on a major exchange somewhere else, and they have a, a reporting body in their home market. So these are not your typical you know, five cent penny stock plays. These are enormous multi-billion dollar companies. They just don't want to pay the NYSE or NASDAQ large fees to, to, to host their, their stock. Um, they already have a major market and they just want a little access to the U S and the pink sheets gives them that, that opportunity. And they are just as safe as anything on the NYSE. As long as the, the home market has a a governing body, which I, I make sure they do, and I, I make sure that they report. So, the, so the, the numbers are all good. It's just they're able to save some money. Uh, they, they save some money. They don't have access to some of the larger institutional investors that that can only buy on on the NYSE, um, which is, is it's fine because their major markets uh, are back home, and that's where their their investor base is and should be. But it gives us access to them too. Very good. Okay, we're going to go to a break. We're going to talk about more blue-chip companies in the U.S. uh, that you like as well uh, for their increasing dividends. Um, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jim Nelson, the editor of the Lifetime Income Report. And uh, you can find out more about him at agorafinancial.com. And we'll be back after this. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Intense and intelligent. Catch Kevin, unscripted and uncensored, keeps you informed of the ideological, theological, and economic war being waged against the United States of America. 
Kevin Lehman's bold and brilliant style challenges your deepest held beliefs and provokes you to ask the hard questions. Religious, scientific, political, or financial, Kevin is holding the establishment's feet to the fire with high-profile guests that include politicians, economists, theologians, and business titans. He'll demand truth over tradition and facts over fiction. Full of passion, wisdom, and wit, Kevin's transparent and no-nonsense style make Catch Kevin unscripted and uncensored. The go-to show for real insight on business, politics, social issues, and breaking news. It's time to get real, America. It's time to tackle the tough issues head on. Tune in to Catch Kevin, unscripted and uncensored, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. If you are looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line, tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business channel it's all arizona all over the world if you're a local arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world have we got a show for you the first internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is the coach's corner with scott lovely tune in to talk about your favorite teams players or coaches it's 100 percent arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more tune in mondays at 4 p.m pacific time 7 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jim Nelson. Uh, he is the editor of the Lifetime Income Report, uh, a publication of Agora Publications. Uh, their website is agorafinancial.com. Welcome back to the show, Jim. Well, thank you, Jordan. Another one of your themes is uh, big blue-chip companies uh, that raise their dividends uh, over time. Why is that a particularly a good way to go? Well, uh, especially with the market the way it is, um, People are, are desperately looking for safer income, um, and as far as equities go, you cannot get safer than some of these, these big blue-chip uh, dividend-raising, income-raising, steady companies like uh, Procter & Gamble and, and Clorox and those kind of companies that I've, I've been following for, for years, and right now I think is possibly the best time to get in. Is it partly because of uh, investors wanting safer things when the economy is uh, shakier? Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And remarkably, we, we haven't seen the kind of rise in consumer staples and uh, some of these more, more stable defensive stocks as, as you'd expect in such a volatile market. Um, and I think with uh, some of the actions of uh, the Fed and uh, investor uncertainty uh, right now. I, I can see 
that going uh, uh, gaining momentum going forward. Uh, the, the need for, for safer equity income. So these so are the just saying that, as the Fed withdraws money in, in QE2, right? That, uh, uh, End of this month, yep. There, there'll be uh, people fearing the economy turning down and therefore wanting to go into more stable demand stocks instead of pure growth stocks. Absolutely. And these, these give you a, a way to, to actually invest in a, a, a market defense rather than, uh, than, the super high growth, uh, aggressive uh, income plays. These are these are really consistent. You know, people aren't are, aren't going to 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 quit buying toothpaste and uh, you know take out their trash and some of these like waste management and and some of these some of these plays are just so safe um, and they they don't risk recessionary problems or down markets like a lot of the other industries sectors. So you're saying a good strategy for investments is not only to get the income, but to reinvest it back into more dividends, and then the company's growing, and the oh, combination will, over time, work. Absolutely. And, and this, is, this is probably my favorite part about income investing, is when the market does correct, like we've seen it do in the past couple of weeks, and we don't really know where it's going to end up at the end of the year, um, uh, down markets, when stock prices fall, it gives you even better times to enter positions and to dollar uh, cost average and and uh, and to build a position and you can do that through just reinvesting your dividends over time. Um, it grows your position and as that position grows and the dividends themselves grow, you compound your 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 return. Do you like a dollar cost averaging strategy as far as buying shares that you put a Hundred dollars or some you know regular amount into the shares in addition to reinvesting the dividends. I do, I do. Uh, okay, I do because um, it gives you uh, it gives you a, a long term lower position, uh, lower price cost in the in the company, and for income paying stocks, that's uh, super important because that's that's really how you base your yield and your your income off of how much you put in. And as you lower your entry price, uh, your cost yield goes goes up. And it's, but it's, it depends on your uh, individual circumstances. If your commission fees are are, are high uh, compared to what you you can actually invest, then you have to you have to make that choice yourself. And that's that's something that should be left to uh, an advisor or somebody's individual position. It seems that in general, yeah. One thread out there to income and dividend stocks is if the dividend tax rate were to rise from 15% mm-hmm. up to regular income rates. I mean, it's been forestalled for two years or so here, but right. is that a, what would be the impact on your strategy if something like that were to happen? It's almost happened at the end of 2010. Right. Well, I mean, that, that's a concern, but there's not many other places that investors are going to go, so it's not, it'll, it'll hurt investors, but... Uh, it, it's not going to send people running from from dividend stocks. I mean, um, it's still relatively low if you look at the long term rates that that people have paid on dividends in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it still it still would be low uh, comparatively, and uh, you know the, it's not like people are going to pile back into the municipal bond market with. With all the concerns out there uh, for those tax uh, benefit assets, 
So people will still be going into dividend stocks. So it's a concern because it'll it'll cut into yields, but it's not a concern that it's going to drive down prices significantly. Who is a lifetime income uh, strategy appropriate for? Is it only older people, or is it younger people who want to grow oh, their capital? As well? it's, it's it's across the board, and that's why I make a distinction in my my issues to break out. Uh, each play that I have in a uh, three different portfolios. Um, I do legacy portfolio, which is long-term growth, and that that that's good for uh, young and older investors. But uh, it, it's a more conservative approach. So if you think that it's a, the time in your life that you should have a conservative approach, you should pile higher into those stocks than the other ones. I have high yield stocks if you need to catch up. Those are great for, for some older investors and some special situations that, that work for, for anybody, really. So I, I break it out like that because I know that I have readers uh, of all ages. So it works. It, the, the programs that I set out in this newsletter work for, for all age groups. Okay, very good. Let's take a kind of a broader look at the economy and uh, interest rates and so on. I mean, the Federal Reserve has been keeping rates low for a very, very long time here. Uh, do you think that's going to continue? And, and uh, if it doesn't, you know, what, what happens next? I, you know, I, I, just, I just read uh, the notes from the, the latest meeting, and, and it sounds like this is the exact quote that they used. Um, uh, rates likely to warrant exceptionally low levels for the federal funds rate for an extended period of time. I mean, that's the exact quote from the meeting. It certainly sounds like, especially with the falling market and, and scared that stocks are going to plunge into a double dip, uh, I, I think they're going to keep rates this low for a lot longer than I originally thought. So I think they're safe for probably another nine months, maybe longer. So, so what is the impact of keeping rates that low uh, that long? Uh, is, uh, that's going to... Uh, boost up the inflationary bubble, or what? What is the uh, impact on the markets of that? Oh, absolutely. We already we already touched on that earlier. That inflation is is starting to starting to bother the Fed. It's starting to get a little too high. And these are the the, the Fed's numbers: the three and a half percent in the the last month uh, inflation rate. It's with with uh, credit flowing like this uh, and a monetary policy as as aggressive as this one. Uh, we're only going to see inflation rise in, in, as a longer-term uh, thing. And that's, that's certainly going to be a concern. Um, but a, the risk of a double-dip recession may outweigh that. Uh, it just it depends on, on where the Fed goes from here. It looks like they're, they're scared right now. But what you're saying from an investor's point of view is mm-hmm. the best way to deal with that higher inflation causing, caused by the low Fed Reserve rates is to mm-hmm. go into dividend Stocks that have increasing dividends, that's the safest way to deal with that environment. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's the, the, the surest bet to, uh, to, to really see some, some growth above and beyond uh, rising inflation rates. And then commodities as well, I suppose. Do you have some commodity plays as a way to, that, that have income? I do. I, you know, I, we talked about the oil producers. I have a, a, a number of uh, producers and... Uh, and I'm I'm really looking to um, some mining stocks. I know I might have missed some of the boat on that, but it's uh, it's it's really difficult finding income payers with 
metals miners. But I've 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 recently stumbled on a couple foreign ones that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look further into. Very good. Okay, well, it's, you've been fascinating. Uh, my guest this hour has been Jim Nelson. Uh, he is the editor of the Lifetime Income Report. I want you to tell people one more time how they can find out more about your newsletter. Okay. Uh, go to the website uh, newsroom.agorafinancial.com, and from there you can, you can access uh, uh, editor bios and find uh, all the newsletters, including mine, Lifetime Income Report. Terrific. Thanks so much. Okay, so I appreciate it very much, Jim. Uh, My guest has been Jim Nelson, editor of the Lifetime Income Report. You really can invest and have your dividends grow and deal with this inflationary environment we have coming up. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show, Jim. Great. Thank you. And we'll be back with another edition of the Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.